You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week I have in the guest chair, Miss Maisha. Maisha is an international school counselor, nationally certified counselor, Christian coach, and advocate for Black women and families. She has dedicated her life to finding the fundamental ways to help others thrive in not only academia and school settings, but also in faith and spiritual development. Maisha is on a mission to introduce women with family wounds to life the way God designed it, in boldness, expectancy, and truth. By combining her own life experiences educational training, and personal journey of spiritual boldness, Maisha encourages women to invest in themselves, their faith, and their mental health so that they too can live a spiritually bold life. Let's welcome Maisha to the podcast. Maisha, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I am good. Listen, we are so excited to have you here and get into this conversation, this interview. But before we get started, I want you to tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Oh, let's see. Where do I start? Okay, I'll keep it simple. A fun fact about me is my husband and I spent the summer of 2019 in Bali. Okay. All right. So we're we just going to have to stop right there. The entire summer, how did you, let me think. I went to Bali for my three years ago. Was that what? It, I don't even, I feel like 2020 has been so long. I don't even know what year it is anymore, Right. but I went to Bali for a few days Um, for my 25th birthday, and I fell in love. How was it spending an entire summer there? It was great. Um, So we, when we went there, we were currently living in Egypt. So it was much cheaper to go to Bali. The flight was uh, much cheaper. And so my husband went there like a week and a half before I did, because I came back to the States, me and my cat. But just being there and not being on a schedule, not you know, feeling like we had to get everything in in a short amount of time. We, when we travel, we like to be with the locals. So we went the locals a lot. Um, we went exploring by ourselves. My husband rented a scooter. And so we were just driving around the city like we were locals. And yeah, it was really nice. It was nice to just like relax and unpack your bag and not feel like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm tired, I, but I want to do this because I have to leave. So it was really, really good. I'm ready to go back. Don't know when that will be, but hopefully I can spend another month or two months somewhere. That sounds absolutely amazing. And it sounds like the perfect timing because if you would have waited one more year, you would have been in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) So look at God just out here doing things. So, okay. Now I will get caught up into your travel stories because (laughs) you said you lived in Egypt. I'm like, well, how did we get there? But let me say (laughs) too. 
why we're here today. Um, okay, so you are a international school counselor and, na- and a national certified counselor and Christian coach. What yes. led you to this career path? So I'm in my seventh year as a professional school counselor. Um, went through a career crisis when I was in college trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? I don't want to take a year off between undergrad and graduate school like what am I going to do and so after multiple trips to the career center in college and interest inventories and job shadowing I came upon school counseling so I went to school to be a school counselor but after three years of school counseling in the states I was sick of it and then so I applied to be an international school counselor at an international school which led us to Egypt so I've then I was a counselor in Egypt and an international American international school for two years. And then I came back to the States. This is my second year back in the States. Um, and then national certified counselor when I was in graduate school, um, it's just a test that I had to take a very, very, very difficult test. So I'm a nationally certified counselor. Um, I do not practice like in therapy. Um, I can if I want to, but I just that's just not the path that I want to be on right now. At least right now, Lord might tell me otherwise. But um, yes, I'm a national certified counselor and then Christian coach. I just use my experiences with through my life, through my faith journey, combined with my educational background to help women to invest in themselves, invest in their mental health and invest in their faith. And so just using, you know, biblical references, but also practical strategies based in, you know, psychology and counseling to help people, to help women. That is absolutely amazing. And I love how your career was able to take you out of your I would say you're where, where you're used to, right? Out of your comfort zone into right. somewhere else. That's amazing. Um, but you said that, you know, you are a Christian coach and that really speaks to me because I'm also a Christian coach. So I want to know why you believe it's important for you to, you know, have a Christian coach. I think it's important because, you know, we have so many people that we interact with and lie. Some of us go to other to different people for wise counsel. And it's important to, you know, get advice from people, but it's important for that advice to also be rooted in faith-based practices. Um, and so, <clears throat> having someone who can understand what you're going through and can relate with you and can give you practical strategies, even if they're not necessarily a trained counselor, but also they can back it up with biblical strategies as well is very helpful because sometimes in the world, people receive all this worldly advice and not necessarily like Christian faith-based advice. And, you know, if we're all on the, if, if many of us are on the goal and on the path to be with God, at the end of the day, like we need to make sure that this advice that we we're given and that we're trying to follow. It's also rooted in something that's going to lead to us to eternal life. Yes. That our advice, the advice that we're giving is going to lead us to eternal life. And I think it's so easy for us, especially in a day and age of technology and social media to get caught up in what the right advice is, because we're seeing everybody doing all sorts of things. We're seeing basically the success reel of people's lives and not knowing that there is a process. And right. in that process, God cares about your process, right? The Bible says, you know, do not, do not 
despise your small beginnings because God loves seeing the work begin. And some of us get caught up in the fact that we have to start small. We kind of just want to start at the top of the mountain. Yeah, not knowing that's what that. we, see, we see everybody else do like in social media is just a snapshot. The people that are like, you know, six figures and I have this many clients and coach uh, clientele or whatever, whatever, like they're not showing us how, when they started, how long ago it was, how difficult it was or still is or whatever. They just showing us the glitz and glamour part of it and so that creates false hopes for us and we want that but we're not we're not seeing like what's happening in the background or whatever and so we just want to automatically boom start a business and then we bringing in money or bringing in clients consistently but not looking at like no it's a journey to get there and it might take you a year it might take you five years it might take you 10 years to get to where this person is but you don't know where they started and how long it's been for them to get to this. Exactly. And, you know, success doesn't look like what other people are doing. Really success is that for me is that you are following God's purpose for your life and you're being obedient to him. Once you're being obedient to God, everything else will fall into place. Like you will be surprised at all the things you've thought you needed. And when you just start being obedient, God's like, okay, here you go. Here you go. Here you go to help you along your journey. But I think the most important thing is that we get started. We make that first move. Yes, definitely. Cause you know, you're saying you don't know what you need, but he's giving you what you need. Like these, like even like you and I, like the connection, I'm like, I'm just minding my business and get a message. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll be on a podcast. Don't know where, how, who, what, when, but at the end of the day, like, it's in God's plan. And so if I'm being, I'm trying my best to be obedient to what he's calling me to do with this brand, with this ministry. So if he sent you, then I'm gonna sign up and do what you told me to do. <laughs> I love that approach. I absolutely love it. So with your, with your brand and, and with what you're doing, you are thriving. You're, you know, what some would call spiritually built. Can you tell us how you got to that point where you could just live out in your purpose and follow God? Well, it's definitely a journey. It still is a journey. Um, life is a marathon, not a race, whatever the, however the quote goes. But back in 2017, yes, 17, no, 2016, six months before my wedding, I knew that I wanted to be reunited with my biological father whom I did not know, did not know where he was. And so this is a, something that I had prayed off and on for years and years and years and would try to find them, but it was just too much emotional energy to put into it. And so about six, seven months before the wedding, like I started getting like all these drops. My grandmother found some stuff. I found some stuff. And so I'm like, okay, God, like this is what you want me to do. This is what I'm going to do. And so um, long story short, found him, connected with him. He was at my wedding in June of 2017. But I, in that moment uh, of just trying to find him, I had to rely not on my under, my own understanding, but God's understanding even more. And I knew that this was a prayer that I had been praying, but I knew that I couldn't find him by myself. It had to be God. And so I had to just believe in the unbelievable and pray the unexplainable and just things that I knew that I couldn't obtain by myself. And I knew I had to lean on God's power to make him 
do what it do. And so being spiritually bold, living a spiritually bold life, it's just praying those bold prayers, praying those prayers that you yourself think are, you you can't do it. It's, it's impossible, but you're believing and having faith that with God, all things are possible. So, you know, you might believe that one day you're going to live in a big mansion on the island somewhere, whatever, and you yourself may not be able to do it by yourself, but you're putting that work in, you're trusting and you believe in God. If it's his will and if it's his timing, then it will happen for you. And so because, you know, God answered that prayer for me and many more prayers since then, but just changing my mindset to think like, you know, stop thinking small. Like if you think small, it's because you you are relying on your own self to do it by yourself. But when you start thinking big and when you're thinking these big things that you want to do that even scare you, like they don't scare God. So just living a life where you're purposely like trying new things, whether that be you want to apply for a job that you don't have no credentials for, but you really, really are passionate about that position or you want to move up in your company or you want to move across the world like I did. Just things that you know that I can't do it by myself, but I can do it with God if it's his will and his in his timing. Yes, that is just great because when you were talking, my my mind went to when you said big things do may scare us, but they do not scare God. And that is so important because I believe that God gives us those dreams and those visions that are far beyond our wildest belief to prove to us that with him all things are possible. But when we do things in our own strength, then everything seems like this is absolutely impossible. And that's when negative thinking and limited beliefs fall in. But God, and a lady said this on the podcast a few weeks ago, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call, qualifies the call. So if he's called you to do something, even though it scares you, even though you feel like, listen, God, I'm not really sure that this is me. He's like, you know what? I have anointed you and appointed you for this time, for this thing that I have called you to. So you are going to do it. (laughs) The assignment. So you better understand it. That's what he said. (laughs) Exactly. And even with myself, I just think about, you know, something that I was doing recently and I was, I am, because it hasn't passed yet. I am still really scared about it about doing it. And I'm just like, listen, God, if I'm scared, I feel like this is, I'm in the right place. Like this is where you want to take me because I'm just sitting here saying, this is going to stretch me. And because it's going to stretch me, that's why I'm scared because I'm going into unfamiliar territory. But when you're in unfamiliar territory, when you're not in your comfort zone, that's when you learn how to rely on God the most. Like you lean on him like never before. Cause you're just like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing, Lord. So if you put me here, then you're going to have to sort this out. Exactly. You're going to have to help me in this area. Exactly. So I think that, that that's so important. Why do you think a lot of women struggle with their faith and spiritual boldness? I think that a lot of women struggle with their faith and their spiritual boldness because they are not putting in the time to do it. They think that it takes like investing in your faith or you know, making your faith better, spending time with God. They think it's this huge task that you have to just read the Bible every single day and you have to just know all these scriptures. And so they don't make time for it. And we know the saying, like people make time for things and people that they want to make time for. And a lot of times it's not until we're in dire need where we're like, oh Lord, I got to pray. I need to read my Bible. I need to read this scripture, listen to this song. It's not until we're in dire need. And so because it's not a routine for us, it's foreign to us. And we need to, you know, make it a priority each and every day to do something 
that's putting us in the presence of God, whether that's you wake up and before you scroll on Instagram to see what's on the shade room or whatever, you open up the Bible app and read the verse of the day. Or the first song that you listen to in the morning is a Christian song or a faith song. Like we have to do something every single day that puts us in the presence of him because we don't want it to be like, oh, Lord, I ain't talked to you in a minute, but I need you to help me with this. And so you just have to be consistent with it. Like you just have to make it a part of your daily routine. And yes, daily routines get thrown off. I know um, there are women that have families, children, stressful jobs, all of that nature. But we spend a lot of idle time. We spend a, uh, spend a lot more idle time than we think that we spend. And so the Bible or doing something faith-based is literally in the palm of your hand. So I think that just people neglect to make time for it and neglect to make it a priority. And so because they haven't fully tapped into spending time with him every day, when it comes to a prayer that they want God to answer, they are feeling, you know, scared or they're feeling doubtful or they're lacking their confidence to bring those requests to him because they're like, well, he ain't heard from me in a minute. Maybe he's not going to listen to me, but that's not necessarily the case. Yes. And I feel like we don't realize how much time we actually have in a day. A lot of the times we, we will say, you know, well, I don't have time to do that. I'm overwhelmed. I'm swamped. But when you evaluate your calendar and actually look at the things you are doing, there is somewhere in there where you can spend 15 to 30 minutes and set that time aside with God. I, with the ministry that I'm involved in right now, we have prayer partners. So my prayer partner and I decided that we'll wake up at 630 every morning and we'll pray. And although the pray, praying part doesn't take long, I wake up a few minutes before 630. I start reading the Bible. I pray with her. We hang up. I pray some more. And then I finish reading whatever I was reading. But that 30 minutes sets my day up for peace. Right. It's yeah. like, honestly, it puts a different sort of peace and it, on my life and joy and happiness. But even when it comes to asking God to help you to do the things that he's called you to do, that he, you know, the things that you feel like, you know what, Lord, I don't have time to do this. I just reflect on different areas and I, I'll, I will air out my my life. I, I reflect on times where I feel like I don't have enough time to do this or that, but then I'll, I have finished like season three of you yep. in like yep. in like, you know, in one day. So it's like, I sis, I wish you didn't have the time. What is it? Either you have the time or you don't have the time. And obviously I have the time because I made time to watch something. Yeah, I made you, time. You. Yep. <laughs> yep. You just make, make time to do things that you think are relaxing you, not knowing that the the length of time you need to relax is really not that. TV shows, movies, things are like things like that are meant to be addictive. Mm-hmm. They want you watching because they want your money. So if mm-hmm. you stop watching, you stop paying. So we have to realize that if we make intentional time with God, like Maisha has said, it makes such a difference. But we have to be intentional about it. It's just like dating somebody for the first time, you're intentional uh, with your dating, with um, talking to them and calling them and checking in on them. But when mm-hmm. it comes to your relationship with God, you're just like, hey, sup? All right, I'm going now. Bye. Like, it's yeah, not- I, holler, I holler when I need you, basically. Mm-hmm. I exactly. holler when I need you. And that's, what, and that's what people do. And they be like, Lord, if you let, if you make this happen and I promise that I'm going to do this, like, I didn't said it before. 
Yeah. And I know that's something that people say, like, we're human, y'all. I'm not perfect at all. He ain't through with me yet. I'm still a work in progress. But y'all, you got you got to just start where you are. And like I said, don't don't look at someone else's uh, what they do in their routine to spend time with God. Like, you know, waking up at 630 with a prayer partner. You're like, I can't even wake up whatever time. But what she does and what works for her may not necessarily work for you, but you have to find what works for you and be intentional about what you're doing to tap into his presence each and every day. Definitely. So Maisha, I want to ask you, how does not investing in ourselves and not taking care of our spiritual and mental health hold us back? Well, it holds us back because it prevents us from being the true woman or man of God that he has created us to be. You know, we are all his handiwork. He's, he's constructed us. He's built us. He's put these assignments in us. He's put these purposes in us. And so when we don't take care of ourselves, I'm going to talk first from like investing in ourselves, our mental health first. When we don't put ourselves first, when we don't take time to set boundaries, when we don't take time to rest, when we don't take time to practice self-care, it hinders us from showing up as our true authentic self. And so, you know, the saying you can't pour from an empty cup, like a lot of times we're taking care of everybody else everything else and we're neglecting taking care of ourselves and if I don't take care of myself then I'm not going to be able to fully really really take care of you because it's going to start coming out in negative ways so if I'm tired if I'm irritable and you ask me to do something and I'm not monitoring my needs and what I need to take a step back to rest and relax and practice self-care it's not going to be pretty and then with you know your faith like that that keeps me grounded. I'm a human being. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord, but life is hard. And sometimes, you know, I need to just make sure that I'm leaning more on his word, leaning more on his promises, reminding myself of those promises because life does get hard. And sometimes, you know, we 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 go to God for guidance and we may not be able to get an answer in 2.5 seconds as if we were talking to someone right in our face. And so just keeping myself grounded, making sure that I'm trying my best to write in my prayer journal every day. I'm trying my best to make sure that I'm working at, writing in my personal journal every day. It just helps me just stay grounded. And even when I face difficult times, difficult seasons, the past two months have been very difficult for me. I'm like, Lord, I just, I can't take a break, Lord. I I, I can't catch a break. But even, even when times are really, really difficult and I feel like I'm just hitting a brick wall, like I know that I'm doing what I can as far as like my faith side, making sure that I'm reading the verse of the day, making sure I'm writing in my journal, setting the atmosphere, listening to my same songs on my gospel playlist, but also taking out time for my self-care, doing things by myself, doing, allow people in to help me that really care about me and want to help me be better. I have to allow that to happen in order for me to be my best self. Like all of that plays into a part of me showing up as my best self. Yes. We can't pour from an empty cup and the more we fill up, the better it is for us. Like you said, And one of the things I do notice when I'm talking to women is sometimes we're not even aware that we're not taking care of our mental health. So we're experiencing the fruit of, you know, that, but we're not actually paying attention to the seed. Like, I'm always anxious. Why is that? Like, I, I find myself binge eating because of blah, blah, blah. Why is that? So I think it's very important to have some introspection and look at what may be causing it because at the end of the day, our mindset is the thing what's going on in our mind is the thing that's going to either push us forward or hold us back. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and you saying like people don't know, like one of the, the first step is just acknowledging it. Like I need to acknowledge that my self-care routine is piss poor. I need to acknowledge that my routine with spending time with God is piss poor. Like that first step is like you can acknowledge that. Yes, it's not what I want it to be, but that doesn't mean that it's I can continue on this path. Like if I want it to be differently, then I know that I need to do something differently. Yes. What I like to call that is a blame-free analysis. Sometimes we have to take our emotions out of it and just look at what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we attach our emotion to an evaluation of ourselves, then we start being really hard on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But when we take emotion out and say, okay, like Shantae, you know you were supposed to be doing this and you're not. How can we fix it? And kind of look at it that way, it helps. It helps because like you said, we may not be where we want to be, but we got to start somewhere to get to that point. And it's the starting that's important. But like you said, we have to recognize that there is an issue. Mm -hmm. So what tips do you have for women who are trying to work on their mental health? I say it's a lot that I can say about it, but I will just start small. We'll start, make it, keep it simple. Women can start investing in their mental health by first, like I said, acknowledging like, acknowledging like, okay, I want to do better with putting myself first. I want to do better with not criticizing myself. I want to do better with not having these negative thoughts. Um, But then also knowing that you can start where you are. Start start with something small. If you're struggling with, you know, negative thoughts, self-criticism, take some time to grab a journal from the dollar store and write down like what those thoughts are, like get it out of your head. I know something that I struggle with is I internalize a lot of things. And so I'm trying to practice getting it out because I'll internalize things and I'll go down a spiral and it's not good. And so I've tried to do better with writing in my personal journal. And it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it doesn't have any punctuation, run on sentences, any of that. But I allow myself to just sit in that moment to get it out. And a lot of times we don't know how to get it out. We want to verbalize everything. We want to have conversations with our girlfriends about everything. But sometimes you don't even know how to put it into words. And so sitting down with a pencil or a pen and a notebook to just write out what you're feeling like that can be so relieving for you so I would say you know acknowledge where you are acknowledge that you want to make a change whether that's with your self-care you want to do more things like once a week I want to take a bubble bath or once a week I want to make some cookies and drink wine or whatever that is and then if you're struggling with negative thinking get a journal to just start writing it doesn't have to make sense like just get it out of your head a lot of times we just keep so much in our head and then The third thing that we can do is just get it out and get it some fresh air. We we underestimate how powerful it is just stepping outside. And I know the seasons are changing, um, so it's getting a little bit cooler, but put on your cute boots or put on your sweats and go outside and just allowing God's air to just hit your face. Like that can change so much for you. And even if you can't spend that much time outside, five to 10 minutes, just breathing in, breathing out, looking out at nature, looking out at his creations and allowing yourself to get back centered can help you so, so much. So those are easy tips that you can do, just starting where you are. I love those tips. And I I think I recognize the importance of just going outside for five to 10 minutes during, you know, the pandemic and being in lockdown and feeling like, okay, this is not that big of a house and I can't leave. So I'm going to have to 
spend some more time outside. But what I found was when I went outside, it, it grounded me. Mm-hmm. It calmed me. And it's the same thing when you're back in an office, especially if you have a desk job or a job where you don't really get outside much. You don't realize you can spend the whole week at work and probably never left your office. Yep. And that is not healthy habit. Let me tell you, I remember before I would, you know, eat breakfast at my desk. So I'm already at work. I'm eating breakfast at my desk. And then it will be Thursday. And I realize this is the first time I've been out for lunch, like out of the office for right. lunch. And that's not healthy. That weighs on you. You need old vitamins to get outside too. And change your environment. Like I have a, I have an office because I'm I'm, I'm an elementary school counselor currently, but I have an office and I have a window. And I said, if I didn't have this window, I wouldn't even know if it was a blizzard outside, if it was a snowstorm or rainstorm at all, because I get in the building at like 715, 720. Some days I don't leave until four o'clock. So and it's just nonstop, nonstop. So definitely getting outside and getting that fresh air. And I try to, if I can, when I'm speaking to students, I'll say, you want to walk around the track? It's more so for me, not so much for them. Like I just need some fresh air. (laughs) Yes. I like how you incorporated that. So you know what we can do this. This could be a walking meeting. You and me, let's go. We'll walk. we'll, we'll, We'll get into it. So what does it look like once we start investing in ourselves and our faith and our mental health? How does that change who we are? I think it more so I think it first changes on the inside. Like on the inside, you you feel a renewed sense of self. You feel a renewed sense of confidence. You start not feeling guilty for doing things that make you happy. Um, so for me, um, just with this journey that I'm on, like it's difficult. I'm not gonna say it's not. But it's very, very difficult. But when you make the decisions to start making decisions that are best for you, you're doing things that are going to make you happy. You're doing things that are going to progress you forward. It will mean that some people don't understand it, but you have to be okay with it. Sit, um, Be okay with being uncomfortable with the fact that people are not going to always understand. Like for me, for example, like boundaries, like boundaries are very, very difficult, especially with family members. Mm-hmm. Like boundaries are extremely difficult and that's a, that's one of the seasons that I'm in but I know that okay yes this is difficult yes this stings however it's it's time for me to put myself first because when I put other people first they're happy but I'm miserable and now it's time for me to be happy and they can just do what they need to do and talk to the Lord about their feelings whatever but I'm not responsible for their feelings. I'm responsible for my feelings. And if I'm not happy, then that's not good for me. Yes. You you mentioned boundaries. And that is so important because I think just especially as women, we're not great with boundaries because we're moms and we're wives and we're, you know, we're working and we're running businesses. And then we forget that there's some time that's sacred and that sometimes that's just for yourself. And it, it's learning. I remember maybe in maybe two, three years ago, learning the power of saying no mm-hmm. and how that just changed everything for me because I was doing a lot of things. I was single and I was in everything. I was living your best life. (laughs) Basically, I was like volunteering, doing this at church, running this podcast and blogging and this and that. And I remember I went to a service and a 
they had announced, it was a combined service and they had announced my name on a list of a board that nobody asked me to be on. Mm. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like nobody asked me, you just assumed. Right. And at that point, I was like, I can't do this. If I take this on, the plate is going to crack. Okay. <laughs> there is nothing, there is no room left on this plate. So I remember I had to muster up the courage at that time to talk to my bishop and say, listen, like I, I appreciate the opportunity, but nobody asked me. And if they did ask me, I would have told them, no, I don't have space. I don't have capacity. I cannot take this on at this moment. And I think that's really important because once you start setting boundaries, although people may not understand, they eventually respect, learn to respect your boundaries. Even at work, I'm married now and I have meetings at around four and some of my uh, superiors would say, you know, let's wrap this up. Miss Simons, Miss um, Mrs. Fox needs to go home to her husband. Like we're not doing this all night. We need to exactly. finish at five. <laughs> we need to go. She's, he, he likes to say she's a newlywed. She needs to get home. So let's like fit this in. But I appreciate that because you understand that there is a boundary. Right. So I think that's so important. Now, this has been such a great conversation. I really enjoy talking to you. Before you go, I want you to tell us some of your tips for walking in spiritual boldness. Some of my tips for walking in spiritual boldness. Girl, I would say you need to make the decision that you want to be more bold. Make the decision. Understand that what you're doing isn't necessarily working. You want to have some changes and then set your intentions. So write it down. Take some time to be by yourself without the kids, without the husband, without the work deadlines, without the business stuff and write your intentions down. What what is it that you want to happen for you in the next month, in the next two months, in the next year? And be very, very, very specific with it and be persistent with it. So when you're praying um, and if you're not already investing in your faith where you have a routine where you spend the time with God every day, if you're not already doing that, like set, make that one of your intentions, make that one of your prayers. Like, Lord, I want to spend more time with you. I need help. But then also just trusting the process and knowing that it's not going to be an overnight success. It's going to be something that you're going to have to continuously work on. You're going to have to continuously pray for, and you're going to have to be just patient, patient with it. So even like you said, when, when you were in that, that season of singleness, like you were, I'm sure you were praying for God, like, Lord, send me my Boaz. I'm ready, whatever, whatever. But understand, understanding that like God's plan, God's timing is the best. And we don't always understand it. We don't understand why he makes us go through these trials and tribulations, but it's all a part of his plan and just trusting the process. And when you don't understand, like, it's okay to say like, Lord, I'm frustrated. Like what, what, why am I, why am I going through this? And sometimes I think that people get, you know, we're not supposed to question God. Yes. But you can, you can express your frustrations to him. You can ask him like, open my eyes and let me see, like open my eyes and help me to see what you're trying to make me see in this season right here. So First, making the decision that you want to live a more spiritually bold life. You want to live a life where you can, you know, take things that might be scary, take things that might seem impossible, but you can take it to God and you know that if it's God's will and God's timing for your life for you, then he will make you do what it do. And then setting your attention. So like, think about like, really take some time. Like, what do I want? What do I want my life to look like in different areas? Personally, spiritually, financially, entrepreneurially, marriage, kids wise, work wise, all of those things, 
set those intentions and be specific about it and then make sure that you're doing something each and every day that gets you into the presence of God. And y'all, it's not it's not as hard as people make it seem to be. I created a little freebie, 14 different ways, 14 different things that you can do to invest in yourself each and every day starting today. So it's not hard. And just start where you are and acknowledge that you want to do better. Yes, Maisha, those were absolutely great tips. Please let us know how we can connect with you on social media, your website, and all of those great things so that the Purpose Chasers listening to this can learn from you some more. So I'm on Instagram at Maisha.Gabriella, M-I-E-S-H-A dot G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A. Um, and I'm also on Pinterest. I'm working on that, Maisha Gabriella, but my website is maishagabriella.com and you'll see blog posts. You'll see uh, my shop. You'll see upcoming services that I have. So yes, anytime you follow me on Instagram, if you want to send me a question and DM, you want me to pray for you, just slide in my DM and I'm there. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Purpose Chasers, as you guys know, I will put all of the links that Maisha just talked about in the show notes so that you can connect with her. Maisha, thank you again for being on the podcast. It was great having you here. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.